Kings fans, it's time for game night. And he scores! Wins it in overtime! With a comprehensive look at the upcoming game, including a look at the Kings and their opponents. Coming in off the right wing, took it to the net. Interviews, analysis with notes, news, and scores from around the NHL. And your calls. Let us know what's on your mind. Call us now at 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. It's game night, and it starts now. Welcome back, Kings fans. Jesse Cohen here once again inside the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center in downtown L.A. It's game number 71 for your L.A. Kings, as tonight they take on the Calgary Flames here at Crypto.com Arena. The Flames currently find themselves in third place in the wild card race, which means that if the playoffs started today, they would find themselves on the outside looking in. Neck and neck with the Nashville Predators and chasing the Winnipeg Jets for the final playoff spot in the West. The Flames are a dangerous team with solid underlying metrics, but middle-of-the-pack goaltending numbers and goal scoring. The Kings, meanwhile, continue accumulating points in March and are 7-0-2 since February 28th. They currently find themselves two points behind the second-best team in the Western Conference and the Pacific Division, the Golden Knights. Will the Kings win tonight, collect those two points, and catch Vegas at the top of the table? We'll find out in just over an hour. For now, we're taking your questions and comments here at LA Kings Game Night. So call in 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20, 877-KINGS-20. Questions, comments, or if you just want to say hi. Previous matchup between the Kings and Flames was December 22nd, 2022. It was a 4-3 win for the LA Kings in overtime. Goals came from Gabriel Velarde, Phil Deneau, Blake Lazat, and in overtime, Adrian Kempe. Up the right wing to the Kings line. Check. Trailing. Kadri driving down low. Nazem Kadri feeds it out to center ice. Then he got finished by Dowdy. Good defensive play there by Kopitar one-on-one against Mangiapane. A nice poke check taking advantage of his reach. We've played three minutes in overtime. Tied at three. Huberdeau gains the attacking line, high slot, feeds it down low. Backlund with it. Backlund into the corner, threw it behind the net. Huberdeau walking out, feeds high slot. Anderson a shot, weak one save, rebound in front. Huberdeau, cross-ice pass. Anderson, bouncing puck, can't control. Kings two on one. Kempe with Arvidsson in the zone. Kempe to Arvidsson, to Kempe, scores! Adrian Kempe with the overtime winner. Finishes off a two-on-one with Victor Arvidsson. That was Nick Nixon's call of Adrian Kempe's overtime game winner against the Calgary Flames. The last time these two teams faced off against each other, they will play the Calgary Flames again a week from now in Calgary. But... There is Kings news to report, and an unusual bit of Kings news, or I don't know how unusual it is, but uh, it certainly doesn't fit into the common type of transaction you normally hear about. The Kings have acquired the rights to defenseman Cole Krieger from the Florida Panthers in exchange for future considerations. Krieger is 22. He recently completed his fifth season with Michigan State University, where he registered 16 points in 38 games. He was also the team's alternate captain. His 10 goals led Michigan State defensemen and ranked tied for fourth among NCAA Blue Liners. In 160 career NCAA games, Krieger accumulated 41 points with 193 penalty minutes. Again, that is over the five seasons he played there. Originally drafted by the Florida Panthers in the seventh round, 201st overall in the 2018 NHL draft. Krieger played in parts of two seasons with the Lincoln Stars of the USHL prior to joining the Michigan State University Spartans, I believe, tallying 23 points in 95 games. He's six foot three. He's a left-handed defenseman. He has a twin brother, Christian, who was also drafted in the seventh round, 196th, uh, by the Islanders. They both played all five seasons at Michigan State. Both of them are left-handed defensemen. And when I saw the email come through that Cole Krieger or the rights to Cole Krieger had been acquired by the LA Kings, I thought I know that last name from somewhere. I absolutely recognize that last name. 
hopped on hockey db and of course todd krieger his father played in more than 500 nhl games for hartford washington and anaheim i remember him playing with the anaheim ducks i think he played on a line briefly at least with paul korea and i am blanking on the third gentleman's name but i believe that at least for a short period of time there was a line where all three forwards last name all started with k and i believe krieger and korea were two of them uh todd krieger is currently an assistant coach for the detroit red wings ahl affiliate in grand rapids let's dive into the future considerations because i've seen a couple people ask what are future considerations it's a phrase that gets tossed around a lot and i knew off the top of my head what the simple answer is which is nothing future considerations is nothing but i thought surely that can't be right surely somewhere in the collective bargaining agreement or the nhl rulebook there must be some sort of language that clearly defines what can and cannot be allowed as a future consideration i didn't find anything so I reached out to somebody in the King's front office and asked them. I said, is there specific language anywhere? Because I can't find it. I know what it is generally. And they replied back, no, there is no specific language. Um, I asked a couple other questions. There weren't direct answers to that, so I'm still going to look into it. But for anybody curious, generally speaking, future considerations can mean something or it can mean nothing. And a perfect example of how that might work in this case, and I don't know that this is the future considerations, but it could be a potential way of, uh, of using that phrase. The rights to Cole Krieger were acquired by, by the LA Kings. He does not yet have a standard player contract with an NHL team. The Kings have until I believe August 15th to sign him to an entry-level deal. The future considerations would be if they do in fact wind up signing him, then the Kings will send Florida a seventh round pick or a sixth round pick in some future draft. It might not even be this year. I don't think the Kings actually have their seventh round pick in this year's draft. If Cole Krieger does not sign a contract, then the conditions of that trade are not met. And that's it. That's the end of it because there's only a few months left on his eligibility. Uh, Those are the sorts of situations that future considerations can often take. And I think I'd have to dive deeper into the history of the league, but my understanding is that there was a time when you could include cash in a trade for a player. So, for example, Wayne Gretzky was traded to the LA Kings in exchange for a bundle of players, but also, I believe it was $15 million in cash. I'll verify that with Nick Nixon in a moment. Uh, And that is no longer allowed. You can no longer trade cash for a player. So in instances like this, or there are a million different ways that you might want to move a player, but you can't release them, you can't renegotiate their contract, you can't simply wave your magic wand and make a player disappear, then you would sometimes enact future considerations. From Florida's standpoint, they drafted this player in the seventh round. They probably didn't have a ton of expectations that he would ever play a huge role in their organization. The timeline is coming down when they need to sign him. Again, if he does not sign a contract by, I believe, it is August 15th, then he becomes an unrestricted free agent because players who are drafted and then go into the collegiate system, they have a certain amount of time from the point they're drafted. That is why the Kings acquired Eric Portillo, or the rights to Eric Portillo, excuse me, the goaltender drafted by the Buffalo Sabres. It's how the Kings signed Cal Peterson originally. He was drafted by the Buffalo Sabres, spent his time in college, never signed a contract with Buffalo, waited until his time expired, became a free agent, signed with the Kings. Florida sees this player, Cole Krieger. They realize they're not going to sign him. I don't know this for a fact, but perhaps the Kings see something in Cole Krieger that they are interested in. They execute the trade. If they don't sign him, my hunch is the future considerations turn into nothing. If they do sign him, perhaps it becomes a late-round draft pick or a different prospect, a player in the Kings system that maybe they have uh, struggled to sign or maybe a player... uh, playing overseas that doesn't expect to uh, to come over. There's all sorts of different ways to make that uh, work. But the simple answer to future considerations is sometimes it's nothing, sometimes it's something. And I wish I had a better answer than that. The question I have that I'm going to continue to try and find out is, does future considerations need to be approved of by the central office? Can somebody write into a trade that they submit to the league? Yeah, yeah, future considerations. And then it's left up to them to decide what it is later. Or does it have to be spelled out? Is there some sort of trade contract 
where the language has to be more specific. And like I said, I didn't get a direct answer on that, but I will look into that. Uh, <laughs> Nick from Northridge uh, is calling in. Nick, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. How are you doing tonight, Nick? I'm doing really well. Thank you, Jesse, for taking my call. You do a really wonderful job covering the team all year, and I really appreciate it. I also get a chance to have a word with you outside Section 318 sometimes, and thank you for uh, always accommodating us fans. Um, I was calling to ask if you have an update on Fiala's injury, and then also when he comes back, health-willing and health-willing of the top six forwards, where do you feel Fiala should slot in? Um I feel like the second line when Fiala was up there in, in Moore's spot didn't quite have the same lethal offensive danger that Fiala had on the third line earlier in the season, given also that he's not out there on the ice against uh, perhaps the top D pairings and was really just taking over and dominating shifts. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that, and thank you so much. Well, Nick, I appreciate the kind words, and let me just say this to you and anyone else listening, because I occasionally see people on social media saying, oh, I saw you, but I didn't want to bother you. I still consider myself just a fan with a microphone who got lucky. I sat in Section 320 for 12 years with <clears throat> my dad. So if anybody ever sees me, feel free to come up and talk to me. I, I love it, and I, like I said, I consider myself an incredibly lucky fan. To your question, Nick, about Kevin Fiala, that is a tough one. And Todd McClellan made a comment in the last week. I don't remember exactly which day, but he talked about the top nine, those top three lines, and he referenced Kevin Fiala being out of the lineup, but said that they feel like they have ten forwards who can skate in the top nine, then started talking about the fourth line, the bottom three, if you will, and talked about them having five players that they felt could slot into that fourth line. So whether or not... Fiala is ready to go, and Todd McClellan told us that I don't believe he's skating. I'm pretty sure Todd said he wasn't skating yet, but they expect him back on the ice any day now. Uh, when Fiala is healthy, I think you have options, and I don't envy the Kings coaching staff trying to sort those out because you could put him back on the top line with Kopitar and Kempe and bump Byfield down. You could put him back on the second line where Trevor Moore was, try and move Trevor Moore around. Obviously, tonight we see Todd McEwen in for Arthur Kaliev. There are this is one of those quote-unquote good problems that the Kings coaching staff has talked about, you know, being happy to have all these decisions that they have to make. And, Nick, the honest answer is I'm not entirely sure. I think my hunch is that I would put him on the third line with Lazat and Velarde, but that line of Iafalo, Lazat, and Velarde has been so incredibly effective at keeping the puck in the opponent's zone. Um, you know, it's almost crazy when you watch a shift from them. The puck never seems to leave the zone, even if they're not generating high danger scoring chances in a shift, they're keeping it in. They're wearing down their opponents. So I, I, I honestly don't know, Nick. Uh, where would you put him? Yeah, I, I would agree with you because uh, putting him on that third line, just the ability that they showed earlier in the season, we've got to replicate that kind of production and that kind of shift after shift danger. Um, on, on that third line going into a playoffs. Because if, if Fiala gets going like he was earlier in the year and the chemistry of Moore on the second line is also working as it should, um, I, I think we can really make a, a legitimate uh, playoff run here, and, and that's when the magic happens. So, Well, Nick, I hope that we find out sooner rather than later where Todd McClellan will put Kevin Fiala, thank you very much for calling in. Nick, do you want to go to an upcoming Kings game? There's not a lot to choose from on the schedule, but would you like to go? I'd love to. All right, yeah. stick around. Hang on the line. Jeff will take your info and pass it on to me, and I will make sure that you get a ticket to one of the remaining home games this season. Thank you. My pleasure. That was Nick from Northridge. Uh, I believe Mick from Hilton Head, South Carolina, was calling in. Uh, he dropped, unfortunately. But a little secret for anybody listening, I believe Mick from Hilton Head, South Carolina, is actually my father calling in under a pseudonym. He just had surgery today. I think he might be a little uh, a, <laughs> a little compromised at the moment. So, Dad, if you're listening to this, I hope the surgery went well. I hope you're doing fine. And I know that Kings fans everywhere also hope you're doing fine. Uh, in other Kings news, the NH, excuse me, the NCAA hockey tournament begins on March 23rd, I believe. Denver versus Cornell. First round takes place March 23rd. 
Jared Wright plays for the University of Denver. He is out week to week with an injury right now, but I know they hope to have him back soon. Meanwhile, on the 24th, third seed University of Michigan with Eric Portillo in net will take on Colgate, and that's March 24th. Also on March 24th, Harvard with Kings prospect Alex Laferriere takes on Ohio State in the first round. The NHL playoffs will begin on April 17th. The draft lottery is May 8th, and the NHL draft is scheduled for the 28th and 29th of June in Nashville. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we'll hear from Todd McClellan about tonight's matchups. We'll hear from Zach Dooley, and we'll have a few more notes to get into. This is LA Kings Game Night. I'm Jesse Cohen. Stick around, Kings fans. We'll be right back. To Los Angeles Kings. Join us this March to make March Matter for Children's Hospital Los Angeles. Make March Matter happens to make amazing things happen for children who need quality care. It's a month-long event that takes place right here in L.A., our neighborhood. Every time you shop, dine, or attend an event for a participating partner, they'll donate funds to support Children's Hospital Los Angeles. It feels good to give, and saving lives is everyone's business. For more information, all you have to do is visit MakeMarchMatter.org. That's MakeMarchMatter.org. You can dig if you want to, but you must call 811 if you dig without making the call. SoCalGas.com slash 811. Score a goal and join the team that is building a stronger L.A. Join the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power. LADWP is an excellent place to work with competitive pay, excellent benefits, and many opportunities for professional and personal growth. If you're ready for a change, this is your chance. A job for you is ready and waiting. There are over 150 different types of jobs open to anyone that meets the minimum qualifications. Visit joinladwp.com for more information. That's joinladwp.com. Yamaba Resort and Casino at San Manuel has another reason for you to come in today. For a limited time only, Yamaba is giving all new and inactive members a buy one, get one free buffet. Plus, new members can win up to $1,000 in free play for signing up a Club Serrano membership. You'll earn rewards from playing any of the 6,800 slots or table games. Experience SoCal's best buffet and resort. Yamaba is your home to big wins and even bigger prizes. Go for a BOGO today. Details at Yamaba.com slash new member. Must be 21. Please gamble responsibly. Kings fans, be sure to sign up for the LA Kings VIP e-newsletter. By signing up, you'll receive exclusive pre-sale access to playoff tickets, special offers, inside scoop, and more. For all the details and information, visit lakings.com slash e-news. And go Kings! This is LA Kings Game Night. Make your voice heard. Call 877-KINGS20. Back to the action on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. Jesse Cohen here inside the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center in downtown LA. Where the Calgary Flames are in town to take on your LA Kings here at Crypto.com Arena. Some lineup changes tonight. Zach McEwen in for Arthur Kaliev. Sean Walker back in for Jordan Spence. And Phoenix Copley will take his turn in the rotation. Since the trade deadline, Copley is 3-0-1 with a 1.47 goals against average and a 9.42 save percentage. That is impressive stuff indeed. On the other side of the ice, a lot of familiar faces on the Calgary Flames roster, starting off with Tyler Toffoli. A second-round pick of the L.A. Kings, 47th overall in the 2010 draft. He played 515 games in a Kings sweater, scored 139 goals, and, of course, was on that Stanley Cup-winning team back in 2014. He was traded to Vancouver for Tim Schaller, Tyler Madden, a 2020 second-round pick, and a conditional fourth-round pick. The Kings would go on to use that second-round pick, acquired for Tyler Toffoli, in a trade to move up to draft Brock Faber. Brock Faber was then traded with a first for Kevin Fiala. So there you have a direct link between Tyler Toffoli and Kevin Fiala. Trevor Lewis also on the Calgary Flames, a first-round pick of the LA Kings. 17th overall in the 2006 NHL entry draft. Played 674 games with the Kings. That's 11th overall. 
79 playoff games for the Kings. That's seventh overall. Just 70 goals, but also a two-time Stanley Cup winner. Of course, everybody will remember his assist on Jared Stoll's overtime goal winner against the Vancouver Canucks in the first round. Seven-time winner of the Unsung Hero Award by the L.A. Kings media. And, of course, the joke around L.A. Kings fandom is that the award should be named after Trevor Lewis. He signed with Winnipeg in January of 2021. Troy Stetcher traded to L.A. for a seventh-round pick on March 20th, 2022. That's today, don't you know? Or rather, March 20th is today, not March 20th, 2022. Just 13 games in a Kings jersey, but four games in the playoffs last year against the Oilers. Two goals, two assists. Not in the lineup tonight for Milan Lucic. He was acquired in what I believe to be, if not, well, I guess it wouldn't be the worst trade in franchise history, but maybe the worst trade in modern franchise history. Martin Jones, a first-round pick, Colin Miller for Milan Lucic, for one year of Milan Lucic. Uh, One season, 2015-16 season for the Kings. 20 goals left as an unrestricted free agent at the end of that year. And, of course, Daryl Sutter, head coach for both 2012-2014 Stanley Cup victories, hired on December 17th, 2011. 425 games coached. For the Kings, 225 wins, 147 losses, 53 overtime and shootout losses, 69 playoff games, 42 and 27 record, and again, the only two Stanley Cup victories so far in Kings history. Around the NHL, the only other game that really matters tonight for the Kings, the San Jose Sharks take on the Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton. The magic number for Calgary, the Kings' opponent tonight, is 8. A regulation win tonight makes that four. And for an explanation of magic numbers, it's simple. Every time your team wins a point, you subtract that number of points from that total. And every time the team you're looking at fails to win a point, you subtract the exact number of points. So if the Kings and Flames combine to win or not win eight more points, then the Flames can no longer pass the L.A. Kings. And if I'm not mistaken, like I said, I wrote it down, so I'm pretty sure it's right. The number magic number for the Kings and Flames is eight, meaning if the Kings win in regulation tonight, that's two points off of that number, brings it down to six, and that would mean the Flames did not win, which would bring that number down another two points. Uh, well, now I'm looking at it, and it's actually 12. So a win tonight would bring it down to eight. I got that all sorts of wrong. Anyway, Todd McClellan spoke to the media, uh, as he always does, following the game against the Vancouver Canucks, a loss in the shootout, and uh, did not seem overly concerned with his team's effort. Oh, absolutely. They got some pretty dynamic. Oh, I think first we have to tip our hat to him. He played a hell of a game. That's the type of game that they needed, I think, as as the night wore on. And and we had a ton of chances. The goaltender made a, a lot of saves. We didn't... I don't want to say we didn't bear down because we were putting a lot of effort into trying to score. It just didn't go our way. And then they're a lethal team on the on the power play, and we gave them the one chance that was in our net, which is disappointing because I think we can handle that situation a little bit better. But um, in any case, we lost the special team situation. Um, same thing as I said the other day, I think, against Nashville. Power play, penalty kill, penalty shot, and overtime. It's Tom McClellan, and he's... Dead to rights there. The team did not play well in special teams play. They had a penalty shot that they failed to score on, and then they did not play a particularly great overtime period, and they lost in a shootout. Todd McClellan continued on with his team's strong play. Oh, absolutely. They got some pretty dynamic players there, and I don't know what we kept them to, six or seven shots after a couple periods, and you know only ten in the third. So, um defensively we did the things we wanted to do i think we'd like to have the first goal back uh uh just the way we played it in the neutral zone and i think it hit edler and changed direction a little bit and then uh, the second one like i said we we lost the special teams battle wasn't impressed with our power play again for a team that's 7-0-2 in their last nine uh it seems pretty difficult to me to criticize a performance like the one here on saturday night Kings outshot Vancouver, outchanced them. At one point, I think it was 30. I feel like the Kings had more than 30 shots on goal to Vancouver's six or seven. I I might be exaggerating that. Maybe it was in the mid-20s. But clearly dominating play, and there's a phrase out there where you got goalied, meaning the other team's goalie simply showed up and didn't allow any, uh, any goals against him. The Kings only allowed two in regulation. 
Um, as Todd McClellan said, it just didn't go for them that night. It's a tough game for me to describe because I thought we would, you know, I think we can play that game over again and uh, have a chance at, at success. I ring off opportunities with Kempe's penalty shot. Dano walking in all alone. Kopi had a three-on-one. Quint and I can go on and on. And, and some of those um, have to go in. And, and I think we always say we got to bear down. Well, that's a common thing. I think we were trying to bear down, and it just didn't go for us tonight. Just didn't go for them that night. Hopefully tonight the pucks will find their way into the back of the net. Todd McClellan was asked, when it's time for a player to improve specific elements of his game, does the responsibility fall more on the player or the coaching staff to point out those areas? That's divided between staff and player. Um, we have to give him direction. We have to help him. Uh, we've got to create situations for him. But he's also got to be self, and not just him, all our players, self-driven, uh, self-starting, self-hungry to uh, get better in those areas. And Coop's face-off percentages improved throughout the season. And we're, we're pleased with that. Um, and we want it to continue as part of what makes him uh, a player. It's his responsibility in that lineup. But it is a shared responsibility when it comes to getting better. One player who has unquestionably gotten better is Quentin Byfield. Todd McClellan was asked, despite the fact that he's not scoring goals, is he checking boxes on the organization's progress list? I, I think it would be hard to argue that he or argue against that he's a better player now than than he was um, three months ago uh, when he was playing in the middle. He's got some confidence. Uh, he's playing his role well on that line. He does a lot of work for that line. You know, the, the question about the three goals is is something that has to to get fixed over time. But we like where he is right now, and that could be the. Uh, the capper, if you will, when, when he starts to develop a shot and and use it more effectively and beat goaltenders. Another player showing clear improvement is Rasmus Kupari. You heard Todd McClellan reference him earlier tonight, and there's been a lot of discussion about Rasmus Kupari lately. The uh, right shot, fourth line center for the LA Kings has a lot of uh, a lot of ingredients that he brings to the table. That's what Coop does. He plays center. He's a face-off guy. His, his numbers have gone up. He's become a pretty reliable penalty killer. He's responsible defensively. So he's, he's fortunately for him, he's got an ingredient that maybe some of the others don't have. It's Tom McClellan using the phrase ingredients again, and it tickles me every time he does because it feeds into my belief that NHL rosters are more like recipes than anything else, and you need to combine your ingredients correctly. Tonight, Todd McEwen, excuse me, Zach McEwen goes into the lineup in place of Arthur Kaliev. Todd McClellan was asked, is that more about a specific matchup or more about what McEwen brings to the lineup? Well, well, not specific matchup. He's an important part of our team and he hasn't played for three or four games. As a new player, we've got to keep him around the team maybe more than others just so that he's used to what's going on. He's a bigger player. He works the corners well. Calgary's got some big defensemen, so we expect him to get to the net, play his game. We hope to see him play his game tonight. And Todd McClellan was asked if it's difficult keeping players out of the lineup when it's not necessarily a result of poor play. Yeah, I would start by saying it's never easy not playing somebody at this point of the year. Everybody's found a way to contribute to where we are right now. Um, including guys that are in the minors that had their opportunity. So it's never easy not playing somebody. What um, has occurred here is, is we have an abundance of forwards, which is uh, a luxury for us to have right now. Obviously, the only one out is Fiala, and he'll be back soon, I believe. So as a result, there's individuals that don't play simply because of numbers. We've seen it with Jad. We've seen it with Granny throughout the year. We've seen it with Arthur and and McEwen and Kupari, and like that's how it goes. And there's no other way uh, to solve the problem right now, especially with recall rule, sending guys down and calling them up. So um, it's not easy, and we expect whoever's on that line to perform at a high level. There you have it, head coach Todd McClellan talking about the lineup and the difficulty of the decisions regarding the lineup. 
Kings and Flames are taking the ice for warm-ups right now, so we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll hear from Zach Dooley in a segment we like to call Dooley Noted. Stick around, Kings fans. We'll be right back. The L.A. Kings play here. Valley Sports West. Patrick Gold! And now, you have more wins to watch than ever. With your service provider. To win it! Yeah! Or with the all-new Valley Sports Plus, available on the Valley Sports app. Oh, what a setup! Valley Sports West. Your home for L.A. Kings hockey. Experience the future of connectivity with Spectrum One. You get Spectrum Internet, delivering the fastest speeds in the nation for $49.99 a month. Advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced privacy and security, free for 12 months. And a Spectrum Mobile line with unlimited talk, text, and data, plus nationwide 5G, free for 12 months. That's Spectrum One. Visit Spectrum.com or your local Spectrum store today. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. You. Y-O-U. Three little letters to make a very small word. That means so many things, because no you you is ever one one single single thing. thing. You. If put at the start, starts to change everything. To begin a sentence, begin begin with with you. you. Kind of makes you wonder how how big big you can become become when you comes first. Every you at the center of what we do. Blue Shield of California. The L.A. Kings have a plan for every fan, starting at just $20 per game. It's one of the best benefits packages in all of sports to share with your friends, family, or clients. Choose from multiple plan options for your busy schedule and tap into exclusive benefits that give you the best seats, flexible payment options, and playoff priority access. Join the Kings family today. Lock in your seats by visiting lakings.com memberships. To more of LA Kings game night, call 877 Kings20. Back to the action on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. This is Jesse Cohen inside the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center here in downtown LA, where the Flames and Kings have taken the ice at Crypto.com Arena for warm ups, and that means it is time for Duly Noted. Call Duly. Let's call Duly. Duly loves a good party. Yeah, duly noted. Time for warm-ups. That means it's time for duly noted. Joining me now, Zach Dooley. How are you doing today, Zach? Jesse, I am doing great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. The Calgary Flames are in the building tonight, and we talked just talked to Todd McClellan as we frequently record these immediately coming from that morning availability. The Calgary Flames, four points out of a playoff spot, four points out of the second wild card, just behind the Winnipeg Jets. Both teams not playing their best hockey of the year, Winnipeg 4-5-1 and one in their last 10, Calgary 4-3-3. Three and three. I think the word I used in the morning availability to describe it was desperation. Any thoughts from you as to whether or not teams in that position bring an extra challenge based on their need to win? You would kind of hope so, right? Like you'd have to think that, that a team like that is playing backs against the wall every game is our season type mentality at this point, um, especially with where Calgary is in because they're not that far out but there is a mix of teams in the in the fight for that one, not one spot, but um, really, right now it is kind of that one spot. It's Winnipeg, but then there's Nashville and there's Calgary all pushing and trying to get into that spot. Calgary is an interesting team. Uh, Todd McClellan brought up their suppression metrics this morning, which are quite good. They seem to outshoot teams more often than not, but they they lose in overtime or the shootout far more often than any other team in the NHL. They have 15 OT shootout losses this year. Um, the most in the league. And those are probably the difference for them right now with, you know, those are one point apiece. If you even bring it down to 11, which is still, I think, one off the league lead, there's your four points. So they're that close. Um, I think they're a team that hasn't gotten those types of results to go their way very often this year. And I think they are a pretty dangerous team um, when you look at how they're made up, how they play. And you have to imagine it's going to be a tight, checking, heavily contested game tonight. If you look at their Corsi and expected goals for, they are top three in the league, I think, or top five at least. Um, they are well coached, no surprise there. Daryl Sutter is an incredible coach. 
they are not getting the kind of goal support that you would hope, and they are not getting great goaltending. But theoretically, they are a very good team. 100%. And the goal scoring part, I mean, you lost, what, 90 goals with two players in the offseason. I know they added a couple of guys, but you lost two guys who each scored 40 last year. That's hard to replace for any team, no matter, you know, they did bring in some quality guys, but you can't just go out and replace that. Um, They have a good goaltender, in my opinion, who isn't necessarily playing at the level that he's capable of. Um, Jacob Markstrom, I think, was a Vezina finalist last year. Um, So it tells you the type of goalie they have. He's been the goaltender of record for the Flames in 11 straight games entering tonight. Looks like he'll get the nod again today. So they're leaning on him pretty heavily right now. Um, And he has pretty good numbers against the Kings. Uh, The Kings have only beaten him three times in regulation out of, I believe, 16 appearances. So it'll be a tight game for sure. Um, He's a goaltender that I, I think has given the Kings some trouble. So if they're not getting those grade A chances and burying them. It could be a, a low scoring night as it's been um, for a lot of reasons. I think you have to expect that this will be a tight game. Yeah. And they play them again. What in a week when the team goes on, on the, the road, road yeah, exactly, in Calgary exactly a week, I think. Yeah. yeah. So this is going to be a challenge. And I think Calgary represents something a little bit different than most other teams. Todd McClellan referenced it, right? They're big. They check, they play a brand of hockey that I'm not sure is in vogue around the rest of the league right now. Probably not. Um, Some of those things are kind of how the Kings want to play. Um, They're a smaller team for sure, um, but they do want to be that difficult to play against team. Um, Feels like Calgary is a group that generally buys into that approach. Um, They don't have that dominant best line in the league top line anymore. Uh, Two of those three guys are gone, but they still have the style of play. Um, They're getting some offense from some other guys. So even though, like you mentioned, they're, they're not scoring the way that they did last year. Um, they're still going to present a pretty big challenge, and you can never rule out a team that's playing with desperation. And if they play the way that you'd expect them to, um, they'll be a very tough test. They are the sort of middle of like quintessential middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. But again, I referenced some of their numbers: second in shots per game, second in shots against per game. And, you know, they're not a terrible team, right? They're, they're By any means, yeah. Goaltending and, and goal-scoring struggles have not sunk them to the bottom of the standings. They are, like we said, a few wins away. You know, one, one strong road trip earlier in the season away from being where Seattle is or being where Winnipeg is. A lot of those underlying factors that suggest they're a better team than their placement in the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure that, that at this time of the year, there's always one team in each conference Ironically enough, they're actually linked. It's Florida in the East surging. It's Calgary in the West. The the biggest trade of the offseason was with those two teams. Mm-hmm. But two teams that if you replayed the season, both might have different outcomes than what they've had. There have been parallels drawn between this year's Calgary Flames and the 2012 LA Kings. Now, obviously, Jonathan Quick in 2012 having a much better or had a much better season than uh, Markstrom is having for the Calgary Flames. But... If Calgary does sneak in to a playoff spot, at, you know, on the final yeah. day of the season or whatever, that is a team that I think a lot of teams would be uh, would be nervous about. A familiar face on the Calgary Flames. He wasn't on the Kings in 2012, but he was in 2014. Tyler Toffoli having himself quite a season. That he is a lot of familiar faces on this team, right? Mm-hmm. You've got Tyler Toffoli, uh, you've got Trevor Lewis, and you mm-hmm. have the deadline deal Troy Stetcher acquisition as well. So three former Kings and Milan Lucic. Well, Milan Lucic not expected in the lineup tonight. Oh, well, there you uh, go. But indeed, fourth, a <laughs> yeah. fourth guy. Three expected in the lineup. Uh, Milan Lucic not among those in the rushes here this morning. And then obviously Daryl Sutter behind the bench. Um, big year for Toffoli for sure. Uh, the Flames needed someone to up their production, right? You lose Gaudreau and you lose Kachuk. You can't just rely on the guys coming in because it's unlikely they will produce exactly at that rate. So good on a guy like Tyler Toffoli, who we know the, the goal-scoring abilities that he's had, but he seems to have rounded out that offensive game a little bit more even this year, and he's having himself a a very nice season. Yeah, on pace, I would think, I haven't done the math, but with 28 goals, just three away from his career high of 31 and 12 games left to break it, I feel like he's probably on pace to eclipse his his previous high. You think so, right? Yeah. I think so. In order to combat that size, Zach McEwen back into the lineup tonight. Um, You mentioned Milan Lucic not expected to play, so that takes away his likely dance partner, but with the... chin shield i wouldn't expect to see zach McEwen getting in a fight today anyway don't think so i don't think there's a dance partner 
the, the dance class is closed yes. at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I don't think that's why he's in either, right? Like no. um, you mentioned the size. Um, Calgary is that team. Um, McClellan has spoken often about the concept of ingredients on the fourth line. Uh, the player going in, Zach McEwen, presents vastly different ingredients than the player going out in Arthur Kaliev. Um, McEwen, a little bit more of a straight line, get it in behind, forecheck, play physical type of player. Kaliev obviously has the offensive side to his game. That's that's going to be greater. Um, but it's a different look uh, when McEwen goes into that spot alongside Kupari and Grundstrom. You know, Carl Grundstrom plays that straight line style of hockey all the time. And Rasmus Kupari is settling in as that center on the fourth line. So I think the two of those guys are very flexible and can adapt to who their third member is. They can play differently with either guy. And we've seen that line be noticeably impactful with either guy as the third member of that line. Something that came up this morning with Todd was uh, the list of things that Rasmus Kupari is that gives him an extra, you know, that maybe bumps him to the top of the list mm-hmm. when you're trying to figure out, well, who's going to play on that fourth line? Don McClellan said to us a few days ago, there's five guys that could play on the fourth line. And, you know, he's a right-hand shot. There's nothing anybody can do about that. He's the guy that shoots right. He shoots right. He's good at face-offs. That is within his control. He's done that very well. He's a penalty killer. Uh, I forget some of the other. He's got size. He's got speed. And I briefly, it just popped into my head, was any of that communicated to him? Like, you know, was he aware that he has, you know, just for example, being a right-hand shot, that gives him an advantage over the other four guys fighting for that spot? And Todd McClellan confirmed that, yeah, it had been communicated to him this year, last year, (laughs) the year before that. It made me just curious what the rest of the players are told about their ingredients that are unique to them. I have to imagine it's it's frequent, right? Mm -hmm. Like, especially with the guys who are... I don't think you have to communicate too often to Andre Kopitar about his ingredients, right. but I think you have to communicate it, or it is communicated more to guys like Kupari or Velarde or Kempe or Byfield, and you're seeing these guys who have since broken out and become the players that they, they are becoming, and then maybe Kupari could be the next in that line. Um, he does have a unique set of skills, a unique set of ingredients. Maybe he hasn't fully utilized them the way that he is capable of, but he certainly has here over the last little bit. Um, he's the King's best face-off man since January 1st on a team that ranks fourth in the league in face-offs in that span. So he's done a great job there. Be, excuse me. He's become a very effective penalty kill guy presents a right shot option when I believe the other five regular forwards are lefties. Um, so he's different there. Um, he can play center or wing, but he's been in the middle um, and he's done a good job of, I think embracing playing a certain way maybe more so than, than he had done in years past. Last season, he had 57 games, 13 points. This season, he's at 54 games and 13 points. Minus five last year, minus four this year. Like you Almost know. to a T. Yeah, yeah very right? similar. Now, he's yeah. got a lot more games left you know, in this season, and I, at this point, I wouldn't expect him to come out of the lineup. But last year, I, I don't recall off the top of my head what the injury situations are, but last year, he felt very much like a tryout, and this year, he feels very much like a cast member last year. I mean, if Victor Arvidsson's healthy, he might not be in your game one playoff lineup, right. or if he is, he's in a lower, he might be the, the 12th guy, right? Mm-hmm. He's in a different situation this year. You're right. It's like, if you're looking at a game one playoff lineup, it's not who's on the fourth line. It's almost like who's around Rasmus Kupari on the fourth line. And I feel like that's a pretty big distinction that, that he's earned, uh, through embracing certain parts of who he is. Yeah, I mean, Todd McClellan has been mentioning that Kevin Fiala's coming back soon. Mm-hmm. When Fiala comes in, someone has to come out of the lineup, and maybe the only thing I'm comfortable saying is that Rasmus Kupari is not the one coming out. Agree. Yeah, and you you never know what they're going to do exactly, and you could think of a lot of very feasible things that they could do in that yep. situation, and I'm sure that we both have. Uh, but I, I have to agree with you. That's probably one thing that won't change um, if you can cement yourself as a guy who plays in the bottom six but becomes a first guy over the boards on the penalty kill, you have instantly vaulted yourself, I think, above other guys who don't have that. And the Kings, for a long time, and they still are, have been a team that relies on its top six guys to kill penalties, right? You have Kopitar and Deneau. Those guys are killing penalties. Alex Iofalo, a first-line player for a long time, he kills penalties. Adrian Kempe, he kills penalties. So Blake Lazada's done it. 
he's become that three or four C who is a member of the PK unit. Rasmus Gupari is doing the same kinds of things. And if you can be that guy, they can trust to spell a Kopitar or a Deneau at certain points in those difficult grinding PK minutes, they're going to keep you in the lineup because they want those guys fresher for those different situations. One of the sort of things that has come out of the franchise in the last few years is do your job. If you get an opportunity and you, and you do well in it, you will be rewarded. And we've seen that up and down, not just the lineup, but you know, whether it's a trainer who moves on from the rain to the Kings or equipment staff or coaching staff, whatever it is. Last year, I would have told you that Blake Lazat is the fourth line center of this team until otherwise notified. Mm-hmm. This year, I now see the lineup, and I think to myself, I don't want Rasmus Kupari taken out, right? Even if they, even if Quentin Byfield, if they wanted to experiment with moving Quentin Byfield into the third center position, I'm not sure that I would want to replace Kupari with Lazat. I would almost be more inclined to say, well, maybe Lazat can play wing. Um, wow. That's that's how effective Kupari has been in that role. That's fair, right? And that's the versatility factor, too, for Kupari or for potentially Lazat. Like, they both could play on the wing, mm-hmm. um, which is good because the more versatile you can be, the more options you have. And maybe it keeps them both in the lineup, whereas before it was like, well, one of you's got to sit. But now I don't know if that's necessarily the case. We're going to wrap it up a little bit early here. Uh, Zach Dooley, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Duly noted. That was duly noted. This is LA Kings game night. We're going to take a break next break right now when we come back final thoughts from todd mcclellan on tonight's opponents the calgary flames stick around kings fans we'll be right back the la kings play here Score! valley sports west Patrick Gold! and now you have more wins to watch than ever with your service provider to win it or with the all-new Bally Sports Plus, available on the Bally Sports app. Oh, what a set! Bally Sports West, the home for L.A. Kings hockey. Yamava Resort and Casino at San Manuel has another reason for you to come in today. For a limited time only, Yamava is giving all new and inactive members a buy one, get one free buffet. Plus, new members can win up to $1,000 in free play for signing up a Club Serrano membership. You'll earn rewards from playing any of the 6,800 slots or table games. Experience SoCal's best buffet and resort. Yamava is your home to big wins and even bigger prizes. Go for a BOGO today. Details at Yamava.com slash new member. Must be 21. Please gamble responsibly. U. Y. O. U. Three little letters to make a very small word. That means so many things, because no you is ever one single thing. You. If put at the start, starts to change everything. everything. To begin a sentence, begin, begin with, with you. you. Kind of makes you wonder how, how big you can become when you comes first. Every you at the center of what we do. Blue Shield of California. Traveling to L.A. for a Kings game? Travel package is available for select home games. Bundle your hotel and tickets with friends and save up to $400. Game opponents include Sharks, Flyers, Bruins, Devils, Sabres, and more. These discounted hotel rates will only last a short time. So lock in your hotel and tickets now. Enjoy the game and save some cash and bundle your hotel and tickets while you still can. Bundle pricing based on a group of four. Book now at lakings.com slash travel. That's LAKings. The LA Kings 22-23 season is underway. Celebrate Kings hockey and celebrate your birthday with the LA Kings. Sign up today to receive two complimentary tickets, merchandise discounts, and more. Learn more at lakings.com slash birthday. lakings.com slash birthday. We return to L.A. Kings Game Night. A pregame look at the Kings on your L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. Jesse Cohen here once again inside the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center in downtown L.A., where the L.A. Kings and Calgary Flames have completed warm-ups, and as expected, the lineup looks like we predicted at the start of the show. The top three lines will be the same as they have been. Zach McEwen will slot in for Arthur Kaliev on the fourth line. And Sean Walker returns to the lineup in place of Jordan Spence. Phoenix Copley 
gets the start in net for your L.A. Kings. Meanwhile, Todd McClellan was asked, what makes the Calgary Flames a good hockey team? They check. They give up 27 shots a night. They're they're one of the top teams in the league at suppressing shots on goal. They've been able to score goals lately. They play hard. They're a really, really good hockey team. Really good hockey team. They are a really good hockey team. You heard some of the numbers repeated by me and Zach and duly noted there. They struggle to score goals, and until recently they have not gotten ideal goaltending. But now they find themselves in a position where they could make the playoffs with a little bit of uh, help from the rest of the teams in the Western Conference. They're playing with a little bit of desperation, whereas some other teams the Kings have recently played are playing with a little bit of freedom. Does that make them more dangerous or less dangerous? There's two types. You know, there's the, the freedom part. And there's the desperation part, and both are difficult to play against. Teams are in the NHL for a reason. You know, I'm sure that must win is a line that's being used around the league right now. Just because we are where we're in the standings, we think this is must win. We want to win this game. and uh, We have to be prepared for their must win intensity. The difference there is that the teams that are out and have already maybe gone through there, we're not going to make it pain play free. Um, it's not necessarily must win, but they play free enough that they can win, and we saw it the other night. And of course, regardless of where a team is in the standings at this point in the season, the intensity of these games is ramping up. Todd McClellan was asked if he can tell that at this point in the season the intensity is ramping up. Yeah, I think that the intensity of these games are going to, you know, as you get to game 10 and 8 and 7, and they ramp up. Uh, and then you get to game two, depending or game three, depending where you are in the standings, and that's where you breathe a little bit again. But we're not at that in that situation at all, and uh, I don't know where we will be at two, three, uh, but we'll see when we get there. Tom McClellan also Saturday night featured the fastest period of hockey in franchise history, and I think maybe even in league history, at least in modern league history. Tom McClellan was asked what the impact of a period like that is on his team and the decisions the coaching staff has to make. Well, it impacts the first period at the back end because the ice, you don't understand how significant. First of all, it's our ice, so take that into consideration. But uh, the actual shoveling of the ice, when it doesn't get done um, two or three times or whatever it is per period, it it adds up pretty quick. And you're skating in in a snowbank. Um, and then the pace of the game was really going well, and then all of a sudden all these breaks come in, and and it it rises and it falls, and it rises and it falls. In the first period, it just went humming right through. There you go. Your final thoughts from head coach Todd McClellan. A quick look around the other games in the NHL tonight. With any impact on the Kings, the Colorado Avalanche up 2 to nothing over the Chicago Blackhawks with 10 minutes left in the second. And at the first break, Sharks and Oilers tied at one obviously just for tonight we're all rooting for the sharks and as always rooting for the kings here at crypto.com arena and that is going to do it for this edition of la kings game night huge thanks to our in arena producer jake warner and jeff cabot at the iheart studio in burbank la kings game night will return saturday afternoon kings fans that's a 1 p.m game when the winnipeg jets visit crypto.com arena for now we'll take one final break When we return, Hall of Famer Nick Nixon and Daryl Evans have the call as your L.A. Kings face off against the Calgary Flames. This has been L.A. Kings game night. I have been Jesse Cohen. Dad, I hope your recovery goes well. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. draw a shot score you've been listening to king's game night with a complete look at the king's upcoming game be sure to join us immediately after the game for king's talk call in again with your questions and comments at 877 kings 20 and now stay tuned for la king's hockey coming up right here on the la king's iheart audio network